Hello and welcome to the Dash Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Gamage, and I have joining me today an education consultant with classroom management, Miss Sandra Andrews. I'm so excited to talk to her today about her uh, consulting practices and the way that she supports classroom management for schools across the nation, across the country, you know, in, in, in different classrooms in the Atlanta area in particular. So we're excited to talk to her. And as we get going, now is a great time for you to check out TreyGammage.com and my new book, Every Decision Counts, Eight Lessons I Wish They Taught Me in School. It's a social and emotional learning workbook for middle and high school students. And if you want to talk about it or implementing SEL programs at your school, you can sign up for Time to Talk or subscribe to the Dash Podcast on TreyGammage.com. And without further ado, it's time to converse with Miss Sandra Andrews. How are you doing today? I am doing great, Trey. Thank you so, so much for having me today. Of course. But I'm doing great. Good, good, good. Uh, talk to me a little bit, Sandra. How did you get into education and to the place where you're at right now as a consultant? Oh, boy. Okay, so, um, so here's the thing. So I have four kids, right? I have four kids there between the age of 12 and 25. So um, when they were younger, I think my yearning for education maybe started then. I was a substitute teacher during their early education years. So I did that. Um, and of course, just being able to be a part of the system with the teachers, as well as the PTA with the parents, um, doing a lot of volunteer work. Um, I work, you know, with the big brother, big sister at one point, um, as just as a big sister, uh, volunteered with junior achievement, um, do a lot of teaching, um, grades three to five at my church, volunteer teaching. So I've interacted on many levels, you know, whether it's an education or just some type of youth volunteer work. Yeah. And then on the other side of things, I've actually trained. So I've been training um, or served as a trainer for about eight years. Okay. So what I did, I pretty much just took that training um, background that I have and I put it towards my education side um, mm -hmm. because I wanted to continue in the education um, field. So that's kind of where I guess where I am today, maybe about two years ago, I decided that I wanted to focus on just becoming an educational consultant, yeah. um, teach teachers on classroom management strategies and skills. And that's kind of where I am today. That's how I got into, I guess, mm -hmm. got into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, so what does that mean? You know, education consultant and, and I'm, I, I, I'm an education consultant as well. And mm -hmm. there's so many different options for ways that you can consult with schools. So can you kind of talk about, you know, how do you know what schools are the right ones for you to work with? Do they approach you mm -hmm. or do you approach them? Well, I guess maybe it's twofold, right? But, um, and of course, educational consulting is such a broad field. So you kind of have to find that niche where you want to work. And mine is classroom management. But I have, you know, certain ways I can um, go out and network, so to speak speak, I, I, I actually go to a lot of the, the different um, conferences, educational conferences. And then, of course, I have um, just, um, just being able to speak there, just um, talk there. And then, of course, I make connections 
from that, um, send out letters to principals, um, you know, also a way of networking. So I reach out proactively and I also have um, individuals that reach out to me. So it, it kind of works both ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, and, and that makes sense. What does the training that you do with the school look like? I know you said you focus with mm-hmm. teachers. Is it a, a one-time training? Or what do your trainings consist of? And what do they comprise mm-hmm. of? So my training, and I actually like, um, so it's classroom management, right? But typically when I do go out and I do any type of conferences or whatnot, I um, usually like train under um, a title. So mine is How About Them Apples, right? Mm-hmm. And it's strategies for effective classroom management. So when I do go out and I do, you know, train about how about them apples, I'm pretty much just speaking to teachers and giving them strategies, um, proactive strategies to help them recognize and um, any type of minor behavioral issues before they manifest into major issues Mm -hmm. um, in order for them to maximize learning experience in their classrooms. So that's what I do. Um, A lot of times we have... um, um, I guess like with PBIS, it's, it's kind of geared towards more the, the kids, but in, mm-hmm. in the classroom management that I do, I'm, I'm, I'm putting that control back in the hands of the teacher. Yeah. So allowing them to, yeah. So allowing them to just be able to, um, I guess, be able to see, I guess as a teacher, just be able to, um, to find the the minor behaviors that are opportunities that can get so big that they're able to nip it in the bud before it gets to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're, they're ahead, I guess, of any type of issues that may, that may come about. Um, I remember my, my, my dad at one point, he would also, you know, he would always say things like, you know, if you lie, you steal, you steal, you kill, you kill. So he will go down that list. And I never quite did get that, you know, but now I think I kind of do. So a lot of the small minor issues can manifest into big ones. So you just want to make sure that you capture it before it develops into anything big. And I think that's one thing that I stress to my, te- to my teachers to have them recognize that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I love that a lot. Is there a favorite? You mentioned um, classroom management and how about them apples? Is there a favorite training or uh, yeah, favorite training that you feel like connects the best with your educators or has the highest impact? Um, the highest impact? I, I, I say overall. I mean, I don't think there's any special training that has a high Im- impact. I think with the teachers, especially, they like the, they like the strategies because one, it's been proven to be effective, right? So the, the strategies that I provide them, um, it's five different strategies, but you have to implement at least four of them for the fifth one, right? So they have to actually take that time and put in the work yeah. to begin those strategies in order for that last one to work and in order for them to actually use that last one so it can be effective so i think that they um i think that they appreciate the the strategies and the work that they have to give um, put into the strategies um, because they can see that it can work the uh, strategies really are based or boiled down into just relationship building in classroom and that's pretty much it it's as simple as that so, you know, I, I try and explain to teachers that, hey, you know, we have to learn to treat kids as though they're human beings, more so than just students. 
you know, so, um, and I, and I love saying by Madeline Hunter, I don't know if you, you know who she is. She passed away quite a while I mean, back in the nineties, but she was an educator and she was very instrumental in instructional theory, implementing that in classrooms. And uh, one phrase that she coined was kids don't care how much, you know, unless they know how much you care. So, you know, so with that, you know, it really doesn't matter how many degrees you have or how much funding it took to implement a program at the school. They really just want to know that you care and value them enough to tap into their emotions. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of times if that's left untapped, then you really won't have them mentally focused in the classrooms. Mm -hmm. So, um, and from that, I kind of go down a list of strategies that I um, train them on um have some some workbooks that you know we work on together so that we can begin building upon that and they can actually take it and begin using some of them quite honestly um by the next day by the time they get back into the classroom they can actually start implementing some of these strategies yeah Uh, can you share a couple of those strategies with us that um you're using with teachers just an overview if you will yeah so you know the first thing I always like to say is that you, especially as teachers, they have to evaluate their teaching style. So we have just like in leadership, you know, there's um, authoritarian, there's um, authoritative, and then there's also the permissive, right? So usually the authoritarian or the permissive, if, if you have one of those personalities as a teacher, then you'll have to check that at the door. Right, because you will have to learn to become an authoritative teacher, that one that actually blends both of them, because that personality type and teaching style allows you to leverage um, and just be flexible when it comes to dealing with kids in the classroom. You can't be too strict, right, because they won't like you. Um, They become rebellious. Um, But you can't also not be too lenient or they will walk all over you. So the authoritative style actually puts you right in the middle. And every time I talk about this, I always think about, you know, like the three bears. You have like the papa bear, the mama bear, the baby bear. Like, oh, it's just right. You know, (laughs) so that's kind of how it is. And right in the middle with the authoritative, that's right where you want to be. But once you alter that and you're able to actually um, change your leader, your teaching style to be that, then you're, you're allowing yourself and also the kids to be more open-minded. And that's kind of what, you know, you, you want that in your classroom. Yeah. So, um, you know, some strategies, again, you, it's self-control is one of them, right? Mm-hmm. So as, as teachers, we know, you know, or teachers know that kids are going to push your buttons. That's just how it's going to be. They're always going to try and do things and say things because, hey, they're kids. That's what they do. But as teachers, um, it's always good to always remember that conflict is a ball, but combat is optional. You don't have to actually fight them on everything, right? So I know sometimes they want to pull your hair out, but it's always good to just remain cool, remain calm. Silence a lot of times is powerful, speaks volumes. Um, you always want to make sure that there are verbal and nonverbal communication, um, especially on the nonverbal side. You want to make sure that you keep your distance. Um, you know, you don't want to get too close up in their face and make someone uncomfortable. You want to avoid power struggles, right? As adults, you want to, you always want to be right every time, right? Because you're wiser, you're more mature, you're more experienced. You always want to be right. But Sometimes, you know, it doesn't help going back and forth with the student, 
it just isn't. And what happens is that once you're doing that or having that struggle with them, guess what? It's taking away time from learning. And there are, you know, what, 28, 20 something, sometimes 30 students in the class. And if you're struggling with just that one, then it takes away from all the others. So that student is actually accomplishing his or her goal by taking away learning time. Right. And that's what you don't want them to do. So a lot of times when they're going back and forth with you, you just want to make sure that, hey, I understand. I, I see what you're saying. Um, OK, can we talk about this another time? Probably so. You know, so those are some of the diffusers that you so that, you know, you let them know that you hear what they're saying, but this is not the time to say it. So it doesn't take away from the learning experience. You know, the class is over then hey yeah that, th this is the time let's start mm -hmm. talking about this whatever the issue may be but nine times out of ten they don't want to talk about it after class because because guess what it's now on their time they're like okay i don't want to talk about it anymore because they they the ultimate goal at that point is to, to just take away from that learning time once you nip it in the bud then they don't want to talk about it anymore so it wasn't you know it wasn't as important as it was then so, you know, that's, that's one strategy, just making sure that, hey, um, don't get into power struggles. If you see it coming, use those diffusers. Don't take away from the learning experience of the other students who may want to learn, right? So that's one of them. Um, also another one, um, you know, again, it's just, it's about relationship building. So always giving that unconditional respect. That's another strategy. So, um, you know, a lot of teachers deal with kids on a contingent level. So when you think about, you know, hey, well, someone that got an A in the classroom and is on, on a test and, oh, well, you know, great. I am so proud of you or, you know, so anything that's related to the school um, and learning, then that's awesome, but that's on a contingent level, right? I think the hard part, um, is trying to deal with them on a non-contingent level. And that's where that relationship building starts. Mm -hmm. So that non-contingent level, which a lot of teachers do great in the beginning of the school year, because of my 12-year-old, she comes home you know, at, in the, at the beginning of the school year with a, a paper that says, hey, um, what's her nickname? Does she have a pet? What's her favorite color? So all the good stuff, you know, trying to make sure that they get to know the student on that level. But then after what, a couple weeks or so, what happens? The school year begins, school starts coming into play, and then it goes right into the contingent level again. So being able to maintain the non-contingent level is something that is proactively done, and it sometimes can be hard. So, um, you know, allowing yourself to be open enough to deal with kids, to let them know, hey, I value who you are, I want to hear what you have to say, and I actually like you as a human being you know I'm, uh, and I'm taking the time to get to know you in that manner that speaks volumes so the the amount of energy and emphasis that you put into knowing that student that is on the non-contingent level and um, that's something that a lot of you know kids strive for because honestly kids will do a lot for you if they know that you like them um, it, they'll do a lot and they'll listen to you. Um, and that's something that teachers also need to understand that. And it's not even necessarily that hard because I, I'm sure you've seen the YouTube videos sometimes where teachers, 
you know, they have like a little per personal handshake, right? The little hi the high five on the like 25 students and there's like a different um, handshake. I couldn't do that, but it's something that they do and, it, and they personalize it for each and every one of them. So mm -hmm. that's, um, that's, that's a way of, you know, given on the non-contingent level, or it could just be something on, on, you know, sometimes it's hard to do something so personal. You only have limited time in the day, but just being able, you know, to over, hey, kids, I hope you guys have um, um, a, a great day. Or, hey, can someone, you know, can one of you tell me what you did over the weekend? Or so you, I, so you could make it comprehensive as well. But just being able to take that time, five, ten minutes out of your day to actually get to tap into knowing them, um, you know, on a personal level. And that's um, that's another strategy yeah. and ways to do that. That's something else that I teach them. That's great. That's great. That's that's a lot of information that you're providing and presenting to um, teachers in, in different kind of places. Are these typical trainings that you'll do um, virtually or they think that you'll do during the course of a day or in service? Well, you know, things change a lot now during the last few months, but typically it's um, um, during a few days. So it, it just kind of depends on how extensive they want it, but um, it, it can be something that's an in-service for a day or it can be an entire workshop that can last a few days. It just depends on um, what, what's needed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. understood. Well, I liked it. I like it, Sandra. Um, where can the people come to find you and find out more about getting trained by your company? Well, um, they can visit my website, sjandrews.com. Um, you can find me there. My information's there. Or they can give me a call, shoot me an email, um, send a smoke signal. I'll see you. So it, it, I am. And also, I have my LinkedIn um, that I want me to provide that to you over email or yes. I, mean, I can provide that to you. Yep, we'll get all the information together and ship it out to everybody so they'll know just how to get in contact with you, Miss Sandra. So I thank you for your time and I thank you so much for listening to the Dash Podcast. It was a wonderful episode and we can't wait to see you next time. As we go and depart, be sure that you follow Sandra. We'll have the links attached here and you can also go check us out at TreyGamers.com where you can subscribe to the Dash Podcast purchase your copy of Every Decision Counts and signed up for a time for us to talk. We'll see you next time. This is The Dash.